that really in the Bible? You live in a world where everyone has an opinion about the Bible. Of what values are your beliefs if they are not clearly found in the pages of your Bible? The question we must ask is, are your opinions and beliefs really found in the Bible? Well, hello, I'm David Freeman with Is That Really in the Bible? I was driving down the road and I, for some strange re reason, well, it's not strange, but I pay attention to church signs. I think the reason is because I'm a minister. If I wasn't a minister, I probably wouldn't read, it, read them at all. But I look at church signs and this one said, love, peace, and joy. Yeah, love, peace, and joy. And I sometimes think that religious people live in their glass cathedrals and they really don't see what I call reality in all its ugliness. They, it's like they're in an illusion that, ah, oh, love, joy, and peace all around me. Love, joy, and peace. Isn't that wonderful? You know, and I even question how much love, joy, and peace, if I were to visit that church, how much love, joy, and peace I would find in the church. You know, I've never been impressed with God's fan club. Now, it's not God I have a problem with, it's just his fan club I have a problem with. And I've never been that impressed with God's fan club. And so I question how much love, joy, and peace I would actually find in that church or any church for that matter. Now, in Galatians 5 and verse 22, 22, it talks about love, joy, and peace. And let's take a look at it. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Temperance, that means self-control. Yeah, against such there is no law. Now, don't get me wrong. If you came from a loving family, a functional family system, if you have a wonderful marriage, a happy marriage, you know, you can probably say, well, yeah, I, and, and I've got love, joy, and peace, and, and hopefully, if you have the Spirit of God dwelling in you, and that's the only way you're going to have the fruit of the Spirit, by the way, you're not going to have the fruit of the Spirit if you don't have the Spirit of God dwelling inside of you, because the fruit of that Spirit dwelling inside of you is all of these things we just mentioned. If you have the Spirit of God, you're going to have, hopefully, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, self-control. Yeah, you're going to be able to control yourself. But that's the fruit of the Spirit. So I'm not saying that, that you know, these things cannot exist and that love, joy, and peace is not a good thing. And if you came from a functional family system, and if you had a happy marriage, hopefully you got those things in your life. I'm just saying that the world at large, as I look at the world at large, is not a world of love, joy, and peace. You know, just visit an old folks home and see how much love, joy, and peace you're going to find there. Now, I admit the people that take the caretakers, you know, they, they exhibit love and, and, you know, but they're getting paid to do that. You understand that. But I, I just remember toward the end of my mother's life, we had to place her in a home for two or three months. And I, we, someone, it's three children, and we would go there. We'd take, rotate, take turns 
visiting every evening. And every time I would go, there was a woman there. We were sitting at the dinner table, and she, she liked me. You know, for some strange reason, people seemed to like me. Never have figured that one out. But, but you know, this woman liked me, and she would say, I, 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 want, you to, I want you to meet my son. You know, he lives in another, another state, but he's coming to see me, and I'll, I want you to meet my son. And every time I would go to see my mother, she, you know, she, I want you to see my son. I want you to visit. I want you to meet my son. And I soon realized that her son wasn't coming to see her. And I'm not saying he never came, but I'm just saying he didn't during that period of time. And it, it's just, a, you know, you start thinking about some of these things, children, you know, abandoning their parents and, and things like that not taking care of their parents like they should. And you, you just wonder, okay, in that old folks home, how much love, joy, and peace is really there? Or visit a hospital. And you see people with tubes running out of their bodies and diagnosed with cancer and they're waiting to die. Now, I'm not saying that there's not loved ones who come by, family members that don't love their, their brothers or sisters or parents or whoever's in there. In a way, I'm looking at this as you, the individual. You know, you, the individual. You're the one who's got the tube running out of your body. You're the one who's got the diagnosis of cancer. You're waiting to die. How much love, joy, and peace is really going on in your life? An elderly lady that I know, her body is pretty much racked with pain every day. On a lot of pain, high, powerful pain medication. And she said, you know, I don't know why God doesn't just let me die. And um, she had some words of wisdom that she said, you know, she said to me, you know, you better enjoy life while you're young because you're sure not going to enjoy it when you get old. And I, I got a kick out of that, but I, I know exactly what she's saying. And I don't even view myself as that old yet, but I know what she's saying. Now the question, what's worse than dying? Uh, getting old. Getting old, yeah. Sure can be. Sure. Oh, I know, I know you like to kid yourself. You like to, you like to think, well, I'm just going to lay down my big lazy boy recliner and I'm going to close my eyes and I'm going to fall asleep peacefully with love, joy, and peace. Yeah. You keep living in that fantasy land. You keep living. There is no guarantee how we will have to go. You know, my mother had severe bladder infection, dementia, I don't know what it was, but lost her mind. And one of the things that helped me cope, and this is going to sound strange, because I felt so bad for her, what she was going through. And one of the things that helped me cope was that I said, you know, David, you don't know how you're going to leave this. You know, you don't know how you're going to die yet. You know, I know you're feeling sorry for her. You know, sort of like Jesus said. You know, he, Jesus was beaten within an inch of his life. And you know, all these people are sitting around weeping and crying. He said, daughters of Jerusalem, don't cry for me. Cry for yourselves, you know. We don't know how we're going to have to leave this, this life behind. We don't know what it's going to be like. There is no guarantee. No guarantee. Well, maybe there is a guarantee. Ecclesiastes 12 and verse 3. I'm reading from the Good News Bible, a different translation that I normally use. I normally use the King James, but I want to switch here 
because it just reads um, a lot plainer. Ecclesiastes 12 and verse 3, maybe this is a guarantee. You can put this in your pipe and smoke it. Then your arms that have protected you will tremble, and your legs now strong, yeah, they're strong now, will grow weak. Your teeth will be too few to chew your food, and your eyes too dim to see clearly. Your ears will be deaf to the noise of the street. You, you will barely be able to hear the mill as it grinds or music as it plays. But even the sound song of a bird will wake you from sleep. You will be afraid of high places, and walking will be dangerous. Your hair will turn white, and you will hardly be able to drag yourself along. And all desire will be gone. We are going to our final resting place. And then there will be mourning in the streets. Skipping on down to verse 7. Our bodies will return to the dust of the earth, and the breath or the spirit of life will go back to God who gave it. Yeah, and then you're going to rest in the grave until God calls your name at the resurrection. Now I know, this, this you, know, you know, a preacher, you're supposed to inspire me. You're supposed to lift me up. Well, okay, go to church. You want that? Um, go to church, to your pep rally, where you're made to feel good about yourself. I, you know, I'm not here to make you feel good about yourself. I'm here to reveal reality and to make you think. Okay? Now, here it is. This fit, now, what we just read was a guarantee about aging. Yep. But this physical life was never meant to give you total satisfaction in the area of love, joy, and peace. It can give you a little, yeah, now and then. Yeah, yeah, it can give you a little. But especially as we get older. Now the reason should be obvious. If, if this physical life gave you total satisfaction in the area of love, joy, and peace, you would never want anything else but this physical life. Now I admit, admit, there's a lot of people who don't know any better. And they want to hold on to this physical life come hell or high waters. Just keep this person alive a little bit longer. We got tubes running out of the body. They're on oxygen. They're on, they're on morphine. You know, pump them full of drugs. Just let them lay there. Run their heart for them. Run everything for You know, just, just. And I'm telling you, you know, it's, it's, the reason is, a lot of people fit into this category, is that they have no hope beyond this life. They think this is all there is to it. This physical existence. These people are ignorant of the power, the power of the resurrection and the world to come. You know, Martha in the Bible was sad that her brother had died. And Jesus said to her, this is John 11 and verse 23. Jesus said, your brother shall rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. You know, Martha had a sound theology here. She knew her Bible, or the Old Testament at least. I know my brother's going to rise again in the resurrection at the last day. You know, to me, 
this is great comfort to know that you're going to see, you know, yeah, you're going to die, but you're going to be resurrected. And yeah, you missed your loved ones, and yes, you missed your friends, and yes, you missed your brothers and sisters, but you're going to see them again in a great resurrection. I love going to cemeteries. I really do. And I like looking at the dates. And often I will look at the dates, husband and wife, and I look at the date of the husband when he died, or the wife when she died. And usually, it's like the other one, which other one died first, the other one comes right along shortly thereafter and dies. And it's like the person grieved themselves to death because their soulmate has been taken away. Sort of sad. You know, they said just recently Carrie Fisher died. Her mother died the very next day. And they said she grieved herself to death because of her daughter. But what I'm saying is there should be great comfort in knowing the power of the resurrection from the dead. Love, joy, and peace. In this life, yeah, a little bit. But how about love, joy, and peace when the resurrection occurs? Wow, can you imagine that event? What a celebration. What a joy. What peace. What happiness. What love. What love. This physical life this physical life was never meant to give you total satisfaction in the area of love, joy, and peace. In Isaiah 57 and verse 1, it says, The righteous perish, and no man lays it to heart, and merciful men are taken away, and none considering that the righteous is taken away from the evil to come. You know, there are certain things we don't consider about death. This verse says the righteous, good people, are taken away from the evil that is to come. Well, what evil? Well, maybe we'll get to that in just a second here. But you know, when we die, the day of our death, the birds will still be singing in the morning. The song of a child's laughter will still be just as precious. But we're not going to hear any of it. But this verse says that we are taken away from the evil to come. What evil? Well, one thing is your society that is going to get evil and is getting more evil each and every day. Corruption, immorality. 2 Timothy 3 and verse 1 says this, Know also that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves. Covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despiser, despisers of those that are good, trady, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, from such turn away." Yeah, what a rotten, filthy society this is, or the description of this society. You see, there's a reason Jesus said, when you pray, say, thy kingdom come. We are asking, by saying that statement, okay, Lord, I want your kingdom to come here. We are asking Christ to return to this earth and set up his kingdom on this earth. Now listen, if you have 
all of your marbles in one place. And that is in this life. Your wants, your desires, your jobs, your goals, your, every, your children, your husband, your home. and every, you, know, you have all of your marbles gathered up in this one little place. And it's all about you and your wants and needs and desires and your family and all that. You know, if you have all, that's all you think about, okay? That's all you think about. Then you're going to be in trouble when it comes to facing reality and all its ugliness. Well, what is reality and all its ugliness? Well, reality and all its ugliness is this. You are going to get old. You are going to get ugly and you are going to die. That's reality. Okay? Now, what you need to do is take some of those marbles and instead of investing them all in this life, invest them in the soon coming kingdom of God. When you pray, say, thy kingdom come. Now, I want to give you a glimpse of tomorrow's world. Because sometimes we just, we, we take the Bible and we apply it to the here and now. And we, we need to have a vision of what it's going to be like. Because, you know, as Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 9, if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. I mean, if it's all just about the here and now, we are going to be miserable, wretched human beings. So let's consider what your Bible says about this soon coming kingdom of God that's going to be established on this earth and the nature of this kingdom. Isaiah 65 and verse 25. It says, The wolf and the lamb shall feed together, and the lion shall eat straw like that, like, like the bullock, and the dust shall be the serpent's meat. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, says the Lord. Now this is fascinating. Not only is the nature of animals going to be quite different, there's nothing going to be hurting or destroying in this world. I mean, that in itself is great news. Nothing that's going to hurt nor destroy. It's also referring to, I believe, nations. That nations are not going to rise against nations anymore. There's not going to be war anymore. There's not, not going to be anyone hurting or destroying anything or one another. It's a beautiful setting when you think about it. Isaiah 35 and verse 1. The wilderness and the solitary places shall be glad for them, and the desert shall rejoice and blossom as the rose. Now here is a description of what the earth is going to be like when Christ returns. It's going to be different. It's, you know, the wasteland, the desert places, the barren places are going to blossom like a rose. So the landscape is going to be quite different. It's going to be, once again, beautiful everywhere, from sea to shining sea. Real beauty everywhere. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Isaiah 2 and verse 2. And it shall come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills, and all nations shall flow into it. Now here we have the word of the Lord going out, and we're really talking about the re-educating re -educating the masses of people. Because it really, to make one's life work, it really is about education. It really is. And so, so much of what we have today 
in the liberal colleges, the professors, is total ignorance in the area. It's, it's not, I know they look at it as, as educated, and they would view themselves as extremely smart people, but they're really fools when you think about it. I mean, the re-educating of the world according to God's standard of morality, how to make your life work, is, is, I mean, this is valuable information here. And this is the world. Again, it says, it shall come to pass that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations. At this time, people are going to be eager to learn of God's way. Why? Well, because they just self-destructed is, is the reason why. I mean, Christ returns for a reason. Because we're about to, well, we're not about to, but we have self-destructed and there is no hope. And so Christ returns to restore hope. Yeah, what a beautiful word, hope. Isaiah 2 and verse 3. And many shall, people shall go up and say, come and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord and the house of the God of Jacob. And he will teach us his way. And we will walk in his path. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Yeah, God's going to teach his standard of morality to the world. Again, how to make your life work. Marriage, relationships, work ethics, anything, any area you want to talk about. The law is going to go out from Jerusalem, from Zion, and it's a, again, it's a re-educating of society according to God's law. According to God's law. Isaiah 65 and verse 22. They shall not build and another inhabit it. They shall not plant and another eat. For as the day of the tree are the days of my people, and my elect shall long, shall long enjoy the work of their hands. Now this is interesting because this reflects a more of a what I would call an agrarian society where people live off the land. You know, they don't, they build their own house and they live in it, which is really, you know, I built my own house and, and it, there is nothing more joyous and satisfying than, than, than doing that yourself, subbing out the work, doing the stuff you can do yourself, but with your own hands and enjoying the work of your own hands. There's hardly anything more satisfying than that. So instead of the contractor building subdivisions with 300 homes and you buy it, no, you build your own home. And not only that, you plant your own food. You don't go to the grocery store or Walmart. You eat the food that you have planted, stored up, canned, worked up with your own hands. Yeah, quite a different, slower pace agrarian farmland type of society you know maybe green acres type of thing no okay you live this you love the city well you're gonna have to get over that okay <laughs> anyway Isaiah 2 and verse 4 and he shall judge among the nations and shall rebuke many many people and they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. Now, if you've got someone in the military, you've got a son, a daughter, a loved one, a husband, a wife in the military, you know, you know the grief 
and the worry that you go through. Man, what a scripture here. What a scripture. They shall not lift up sword against nation anymore. They shall beat their military tools into farming equipment because that's what you're going to be doing. Yeah, melt the Abrams tank down and, and reform it into farming equipment. Yep, that's right. Quite a different world that only God can bring about when Christ returns to set up his kingdom on this earth. Isaiah 11 and verse 9, They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the water covers the sea. Yeah, at this time, it's a different setup. It's, it's the knowledge of God. It's the knowledge of his way of life. And it covers the whole world, the whole earth, the knowledge of God. Isaiah 35 and verse 5, The eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap as a heart, and the tongue of the dumb shall sing. For in the wilderness shall waters break out, and streams in the desert. Wow! What a beautiful, beautiful setting. The healing of all people, the healing of all nations. No more sickness, no more death. Just, you know, well, just love, joy, and peace. Now, this is the world that I want, and I, I want this and nothing less. I will settle for nothing less than this society. And listen, don't ever let any politician tell you that he can give you all these things. If a politician tells you, he can, or if you're believing <laughs> that a politician can give you all these things, you're just ignorant. You're just fooling yourself. You're just fooling yourself. You want to believe that, but you deliberately want to, you know, in your gullibility, you know, you're wanting to believe, oh, yeah, yeah, this person's going to give me everything I want. And in America, you know, we're going to have all this, you know. No, no, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Acts 3 and verse 20. And he shall send Jesus Christ, which before was preached unto you, whom the heavens must receive until the time of restitution of all things, which God has spoken by the mouth of the holy prophets since the world began. Christ, the restitution of all things, Christ was received back into heaven. 2,000 years expire, it goes by, and now Christ is returning to set up his kingdom on this earth, a literal, physical, and spiritual kingdom on this earth that will bring mankind everything that he wants. It's called the kingdom of God on this earth. Only then will there be real love, real joy, and real peace. I'm David Freeman, and that's what's really in your Bible. Man has the intellectual capacity to design spaceships to take him to the moon and back, to invent the computer, and to do other marvelous exploits in the physical, material realm. Yet during man's nearly 6,000 years on earth, he has proved that he cannot solve his problems with fellow men. Through the ages, man has tried to bring about a utopian paradise by every conceivable means, yet without success. He has attempted to live by every imaginable type of government. He has even tried living without any government at all, absolute anarchy. All of them have failed miserably. Why has this been so? 
Jesus Christ is going to return to set up his kingdom on this earth. And right now, God is in the process of training future leaders that will teach true education. But what is true education? Find out by ordering The Coming Utopia. In this publication, you will learn of God's system for re-educating society. Order by writing to Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. That's Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151.